Good morning. It's wonderful to see you this morning. Let's all stand up and sing together. Our God is healing, 
bow your heads and pray with me, please? Dear Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for that truth that you are awesome in power and that you're stronger than any other, Lord. And we, we bank our, our faith on that this morning, Lord. We just we wrap our arms around you knowing that you are tightly holding us back. Lord, thank you so much for this day and this chance to come and worship your name. In your name I pray. Amen. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, bright and true. the children to come forward to join us for a few moments of sharing and the rest of you who is that sitting in front and behind you oh never mind about the children sorry about that no children this morning my mistake Sorry about that. I don't always get my cues ahead of time. 
This time we're going to invite Katie to come uh, forward to uh, make a presentation of Bibles to our rising third graders. Got names? Good morning. We are so excited to be able to present our rising third graders, or I guess you're not rising anymore, you're third graders now, right? Right? With their Bibles this morning. We have chosen to give them the Adventure Bible, um, and it's a very well laid out Bible for this age. And I'm going to read the verse that is printed, um, all their names are on the inside, so you each have your own personalized Bible as a gift from the church. And I'm going to read the verse that is um, printed on the inside, and then I'm going to let Arthur call your name out so I can give you your Bible and a hug, okay? The verse on the inside comes from Proverbs chapter 2, and it's verses 1 and 5. And it says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Okay? Okay. Wonderful thing about our growing numbers is we have five third graders in this service, and I believe you said you have five more coming to the three or four in the other service, so that's a wonderful big class. Uh, we present these Bibles to Will Hagen, <laughs> Blake Humrick House. <laughs> Bridget Merrill, Kinsley Spearman, and big brother Gray Stanton. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Good to see everyone here this day for uh, this time of worship. Uh, and if you are visiting with us, we hope that you will give us many future tries and uh, visit with us as often as you can. Um, there's some fo good folks here for you to get to know if you're looking for Christian fellowship. And so we invite you to come back uh, to get to know this good group of people. If you have a concern this morning of, uh, that you would like us to join you in prayer, we would be glad for you to write something on an index card that we might uh, share with each other. If you raise your hand, our ushers will give you an index card, and then we will um, retrieve those in a few moments and join you in prayer for whatever is on your heart and concerning you this day. Uh, we have Sunday school for all ages at 10 o'clock. We have an 11 o'clock worship service, traditional setting over in our sanctuary. We invite you to stay for, and today you could even come to that service and get a different sermon than here. Don't know why you'd want to, but anyway, no, I would love for you to. Um, uh, today over at the 11 o'clock service, talking a bit about Moses, um, you know, Moses' wonderful story. He was, was, um, uh, rescued by his mother when she put him in a basket of, of reeds and set him adrift in the Nile along the bulrushes 
which is why a friend of mine, a preacher friend of mine, calls me Moses because he says, I'm found where the bulrushes often. We have several other announcements <clears throat> today. Uh, kids, please remember that it's promotion Sunday today. You will meet in the gym for a special program during the 10 o'clock Sunday school hour before going to visit your new classroom. Um, one and two year olds can go to their room as usual. A Sunday night program of Mission Kids Bible Study and Choir from 5.30 to 7 p.m. resumes tonight. All preschool and elementary kids are invited to join us. Some of the adult Bible studies will be beginning tonight. I believe Mike Henson's is. Uh, I think I heard that uh, Lynn, yours and Jimmy's is waiting a week. Right, Jimmy? So uh, that one is uh, still a week away. Um, Youth meet as usual tonight, I believe. Um, and Andy will be doing our preaching in a few moments. We have also the registry of attendance pad going around. If you would like to, uh, we would invite you rather to, to sign in today and leave us an address if you need to or an email address so we can send you our bulletin and newsletter. Copies of the next month newsletter are around probably on the tables in the back also today. If you have your uh, prayer cards ready if you will, will uh, raise your hand our ushers will gather them up only person I know of in the hospital right now is um, Carm Hudson who went in yesterday and may come home today just for some tests she's doing fine um, but some of you in her neighborhood may want to check in on her later let us join our hearts together in prayer Lord, it is good that we can be together today. Thank you for these that you have drawn here today by your spirit. Your spirit works so wonderfully in our lives and so subtly we may not even be aware of the fact that your leading is what has led us here this day. You're inviting, you're coaching, you're coaxing. And so we're thankful for that. And we pray that you might use us in other people's lives to be a coach, an encourager, one who would invite others to find a place of fellowship and love. We tell you this day that we as followers of Jesus are ready to go into our world to show the love of God and help others find their way to you. Here are our prayers for this day. We give you thanks for um, safe family in North Carolina and Philly and all those who are dealing for the storm. We pray that you would keep a boss and friend safe on a long trip with family to Europe. We pray for Neil Weiss and family, for college students, for Wade Kinnett, for Doris Wright. We pray for healing and comfort for Mike Haas and healing for Ken Taylor. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. And we seek your blessings for the Weiss family. 
We pray for Tucker Reeves and family traveling to Jacksonville, Florida today for Tucker to start radiation and chemo treatment. <coughs> we pray for continued recovery for Zach Guest in his recent knee surgery. Lord, these are our prayers, and we do remember our brothers and sisters up the coast of New England today who are struggling with a severe storm. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would give them calm and the assurance that we can recover from these difficulties in life and even be stronger. For we pray in the name of Jesus as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is good to have our youth director and the pastor of um, Slater United Methodist Church to come and bring us our message this morning. Morning. Our scripture lesson for today comes from Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 21. Hear the word of God. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who, re who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of God for the people of God. Some collectors will often display their collections, particularly books or movies, with these bookends. Now, I am a Star Wars fan, and, and that's the original trilogy right there. And that's that famous scene with Han Solo in the bar. And um, this person chose to display uh, his collection of the original Star Wars movies with that set of bookends. I had a pastor, uh, actually a professor at North Greenville, who had a library in his office up there, and it was really kind of cool. Each section of books had a different set of bookends that kind of told, told the viewer what that section of books was about. He had a different um, set of bookends for all the books about Jesus. There were crosses on the end. And all the books about the disciples. He had a, a special set of bookends for that. And, and the New Testament and the Old Testament, he had these you know, chiseled 
uh, Ten Commandments to surround the books of, you know, that he had had in his library about the books of Moses and history and archaeology and all this stuff. Even our pastor here at Memorial has a set of bookends that looks a lot like that around his joke books. I mean, over in his office over there. Seriously, though, bookends often reflect what is in the collection. And in our passage today, Paul gives us two bookend statements that really kind of sums up or really directs us on how to understand that long list of actions and activities that the church should be involved in. It was a long list of, of like three-word sentences that we're to be doing. And he bookends that teaching with these two statements that are similar because they both deal with love and with good and evil. And if we're to really understand why and how we are to do that list of things, we need to understand these bookend statements. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And then the other side of the of the collection is do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I want to discuss those today. First thing, though, I, I, I want to preface this by saying I'm not one who usually likes to explain the Greek because I'm not one who usually understands a lot of the Greek. But there are occasions when we study the Bible when it just is too hard to ignore because it tells us something in the Greek that we miss in the English. Original readers of the text would have known things that we just don't have the chance to know because it gets lost in translation. And there are several of those instances in today's passage, so we're going to get into the Greek a little bit. First of all, that first sentence, let your love be genuine, it's two words in the Greek, just two words. Agape anipokritas. Now that may sound foreign because it is, but in transliteration, it's agape anipokritas. Now we all know what agape is. That's that unconditional love that God has shown to mankind. He's proved it by giving His Son to die on the cross for us. It is the supreme love. And it's the love with which we're called to love God and to love our neighbor. And so that type of love we're supposed to share for others is to be unhypocritical. We're all familiar with the term hypocrite. The number one charge leveled against the church today is what? It's full of hypocrites. People who say one thing and do another. Again, Paul is dealing with this same issue in the first churches, in the first century churches. These are new believers just getting organized and he's still concerned or he's concerned even then about hypocrisy within believers. So he addresses this here by saying our love must be unhypocritical. It must be genuine, real. The word hypocrite in the Greek is actually taken from the realm of the theater. It literally means to put on a mask or a costume, to play a part, to play a role. Jesus, when he was talking about the Pharisees who prayed loudly in the streets, called them hypocrites. And his audience would have understood him to say that they are actors. They are pretending they're not for real. And so that's what a hypocrite is. And so in short, Paul is saying that our love cannot be merely words. It has to come from our hearts it has to be real. It's not a mask we put on. It's not something we say we believe. It's something we really do feel deep down. Johnny Depp is one of my favorite actors, mainly because he plays Captain Jack Sparrow, and it is Captain. If you've ever seen the movies, he does an exceptional job at embodying this role of Captain Jack Sparrow. 
He even, I've read articles on it because the kids love the Pirates movies and, and, and we've been to Disney World and ridden the ride and all that. And, and, and it's, it's just amazing how he took this franchise because of his dedication to that role and made it one of the most lucrative and successful franchise, movie franchises in Disney's history. And it is a, it largely in part due to his dedication to the role. But he even became somewhat arrogant in the role, if, if you watch all the movies, I was reading an article, he is the only one who wears a leather hat, and that's the way he wanted it. All the other pirates wear felt hats or fur hats. He is the only one who wears, that's a certain bone that's in his hair. All of his makeup is done separate, and others are not, the, the way he had it is, others cannot look like it. He really owned that role. And his mannerisms, if you've seen the movies, are amazing. It really is a lot of fun to watch them. But at the end of the day, Johnny Depp is not Captain Jack Sparrow. He is an actor who is playing a part. He does a very good job, takes a lot of care and attention to detail. But he's not a real pirate. He doesn't sail off to Tortuga on the weekends. But in thinking about that and how much attention to detail he plays and how much he really gets into it, and, and yet he's still not a, a real pirate, it made me wonder if some people in the church today haven't gotten real good at playing a part, at doing the right things, at putting on the costume. That's what Paul says we've got to avoid. We've got to be real and genuine, not just looking at the list of things that he gives us later as a checklist or a to-do list. We've got to do them because we want to do them because we're filled with God's love. It's got to be real and genuine. The next phrase in our first bookend statement is to hate what is evil. That's a dirty word in my house. If Eli were out here, he would not like that I was using the word hate. It's a word that we don't use in our house. And yet in the Greek, it is not anywhere near strong enough to convey what Paul is really saying. It literally in the Greek means to be repulsed to shake and tremble, to be made sick. That's how we are to feel towards sin. And there is sin all around us. I must preface this by saying that Paul, in, in this passage and in, in the other teachings, never says we should hate a person. He doesn't say that. You've heard the, the, the phrase, you know, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. That's what Paul would say as well. That's, we're to hate the evil, not the person who's doing it. Okay. Nonetheless, evil is all around us. All you have to do is look at our media outlets. Think about television, TV commercials, internet, radio. It's amazing. The things that are allowed today were considered inappropriate 20 years ago. You wouldn't hear them or see them on TV or radio. You just wouldn't. But the culture has changed. We've grown maybe a little too comfortable with those things. The culture says that, oh, it's okay, it's appropriate now. Should believers and should the church follow with the culture? Or should we allow the Word of God to dictate what's appropriate or inappropriate for us? It might mean that we have to sacrifice little things and be a little bit more diligent in sheltering ourselves and our children from the evil that's on TV. But I fear that sometimes we've grown so comfortable that we no longer bat an eye when car insurance companies use bikini-clad women to sell their policies. That's just not right that we don't even think about it anymore. 20 years ago, that would have been different. 
So we are to hate what is evil. And, and evil is not just those things that you see on TV and all that. Evil also consists of diseases and poverty, tyranny, oppression in other countries. We tend to flip through those channels or turn the pages on those articles. We've become almost immune to the effects of evil. But Paul says we're to shudder at those things. And then finally, we are to cling to what is good. It literally means to be glued to or cemented, bonded. The root word used in the Greek here actually also is used in uh, other teachings in the New Testament about sexual intimacy. That oneness between a husband and wife. That's how we are to be glued to what is good. To hold fast to it. To be bonded to it. In other words, we are not just to do good. We are to be good at our core. And so you have here in this first bookend statement a call to turn up the intensity. To really pump up the volume. To get serious. Paul is challenging the church, and I believe he's challenging us here today, to really pay attention and become intensely emotional about our purpose as believers. Our love must be genuine. It must come from a place deep down that is real inside of us, not just an act. We must learn to really pay attention to the evil that is around us and even hate it. And we have to cling to what is good. Paul then continues on to give us the list of things, actions, activities. This is the collection that's surrounded by the bookends. And if you read them, they could very easily be interpreted as a checklist. But you're to love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. When was the last time we competed about showing honor? All right. Do not lag in zeal. Serve the Lord. Be ardent in spirit. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. and Do not repay anyone evil for evil. But take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. All of those things must be done out of genuine, unhypocritical love. They cannot be an act. If they are an act, they will not carry anywhere near the meaning that they're supposed to care. You've got to... Love others because you have been loved. You've got to weep with others because you really do feel their pain. You've got to rejoice with others because you're genuinely happy for them. Not that type of rejoicing where you, you know, praise with them and everything. But see, deep down you're going, why can't that be me? You've got to genuinely be happy for them. It can't be an act. If it's an act, then we get back to a legalistic form of religion. Where who's doing the most? We then have the second bookend. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And as I think about my children, 
and the things that they're going to face and the things that the youth of this church face every day, the things that they have access to, the things that can just pop up on screens that when we were younger, when I was younger, that was an impossibility. I do fear that the church and believers are in danger of being overcome by evil. It's all around us. And I hope that we don't become comfortable with it. And the way to do that, the way to combat the onslaught of evil, Paul says, is with good. To overcome it with good. We can be more than conquerors if we will be genuine in our love, not hypocrites, but really feel for other people, really try to connect. If we'll get serious, if we'll get motivated, if we will turn up the intensity and really become intensely emotional about our faith and about our relationship with Jesus and about our call to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we can't overcome. If like we say, actions do indeed speak louder than words, then it is time to pump up the volume and let those actions Scream. Amen. At this time, will you stand and join me? As we respond to the proclamation of the word using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Are your mercies in disguise? 
Stand and sing with us, please.
Have a great week.